When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! Bingetown, how we feeling today? It's your boy PD, a.k.a. PD, a.k.a. Producer Dave, back here with Kyle, Paul, and making his return to the pod, Alki. Today's podcast is one that we have been looking forward to for, I believe, now over a year, and we are so hyped to be covering it. It is going to be the better Squid Game Alice in Borderland season two episodes one and two we are covering today. Now I have to be a little honest, even though it was great seeing our returning characters, except for maybe water rising. The (laughs) first episode was probably my least favorite Alice in Borderland episode yet, but it does get picked up pretty quickly in episode two with the introduction of a new game master. And I was at the end of episode two, Kyle brought it up. He was like, maybe we should do three. And I was like, You're kind of right, but it would be a lot to cover with three. So we're just going to stick to the first two right now. Um, Just to give everyone a little background, we did cover season one a little over a year and a half ago. Water Rising is Tata. I don't even know his real name. Tanata. Tanata. No, Tata. Tata. Tata, because he's a boob. But Mm -hmm. I do. I don't I don't want to say too much, but I do want to open the floor up to the quick first impressions with the first two episodes of season two. Uh, So you kind of gave mine out a little bit so I can just, I guess, round it out. Actually, the first thing I'll say was I haven't heard that intro in a while. It's been a minute since I've podcasted with you, Dave. So it's it's nice to be on the mic together again. Uh, I just, yeah, just I guess to reiterate, episode one was fairly weak. Episode two, I think was was really good. It finally felt like we're back in the world, and you know, Arisu is making these decisions that we love to see him get stuck and and making those kind of uh, those choices. I really, really like the King of Spades. He might Mm. be. He might be my favorite. Do you mean character. the king of clubs or the king clubs, of spades? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. That's the king of clubs. Um, he might be one of the best characters that's ever been introduced. I'll, I'll emphasize is, that. I really think like him and Hatter from season one are just yeah. like neck at neck right now. They're really good. So I, I really enjoyed like the episode one started and I was like, fuck yeah. Like I'll work back with all the characters. Wasn't great overall. And then episode two was very good. Yeah, I absolutely felt so happy just seeing the crew together. They're just sitting in the intersection waiting for everybody. And, you know, I was just looking at them and I was like, what a formidable squad. <laughs> like, we, well, Water Rising is the only downside to their squad. Otherwise, the squad is literally perfect. Yeah, which was Chishia, right? Is that Chishia, yep. Chishia. Um, Chishia, Kuina. And then Arisu and Usagi. I mean, those four that were just chilling were so good. And then Anne pulls up. Yeah, I was going to say Anne, man. And then fucking Tata puts his head out the window. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I I didn't know he was going to be in season two. I don't know how I feel about it. But I'm going to I'm gonna look at him with a like, new, whole eyes. new attitude. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to hate him for what he did. Hopefully he's grown. Um, he's going to die in episode three. He is the most, I hope cu- so. He is yeah. the most cuttable character out of this squad, for sure. Like, <laughs> Everyone has a purpose except for Water Rising. There's nothing there for him. <laughs> yeah, and we call him Water Rising because in the season one coverage, when Aurisu's having his initiation and Anne is uh, at the same game and, and the water's rising and they have a light bulb and they don't know what to do, 
It's and the water starts rising, and fucking Tata goes, "Oh my god, the water's rising!" And it's like, like yeah, birth um, of a nickname no right shit. there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if we ever refer to water rising, we're talking about his bitch ass. Um, but just about episode one, I don't know if I had low expectations, but like. I kind of enjoyed it the more it went on. And when I say low expectations, I already heard from you guys that episode one wasn't the best. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's so many feelings because it's like, dude, it's kind of bullshit that it's just like a slaughter. They even say it like mm-hmm. in the beginning, it's just nonstop like gunfire. Um, but in the end, it's kind of a cool concept. Uh, we'll get into it more. But it just it felt so good to be back with season two. Alki. I um I'm really excited to be part. Thank you, uh, PD, for the introduction. <laughs> yes, I never heard you've been called that before, so that's what I'm going to call you from it's, now. It's on. floated PD. around multiple podcast episodes. It's that's, just so random. It's pretty funny, but um, I'm excited to dive back into the Alice in Borderland world. It's um it was awesome season one. I think season one ended on such a high note. I have to be honest. Besides the intro scene, which was obviously crazy with the massacre, like the game, the King of Spades, it was a little slow for me. And I love the episode two game with the King of Clubs, and I love the characters that they introduced. But I was getting a little tired of like the long monologues and shit. But I guess it's like there is this is kind of like a training arc in a way for these guys because it's um the next stage of the game the stakes are even higher than before which is hard to fathom but it's true so you know there's got to be some growth here and you know it's kind of like i coach basketball right i use my game sometimes as practice because i don't practice that much with the kids the games sometimes have to be like practice this is kind of the feeling i'm getting with this with the king of clubs encounter that they're having it's a it's an opportunity for them to kind of fill into their roles and and see how they're going to move forward and i i don't like how usagi's all emo but yeah, terrible but, but still i agree with you on uh, uh like this being kind of like a training arc like adisu is now meeting first time like someone that's like a game master and holds actual position in this quote-unquote world that we're in right now mm-hmm. and so he himself even in episode two we'll get into it like he's testing out the game master the king of clubs the king of clubs is testing him back so it's a little more intricate than what we've seen in the past whereas it's usually just been everyone on like uh, everyone with visas versus themselves but now we're taking it up a notch with everyone with with visas versus the quote-unquote citizens but enough just chitter chatter let's get right into it so episode one picks up right where we left off last season so last season we get the big blimps with the face cards hovering all around uh the city is it tokyo or are we just in japan it's tokyo i think i can't right? I'm pretty sure it's tokyo because of the where they are like the square they yeah. they mentioned in episode one when they're like when it's we have our actual crew with mm-hmm. Karube and I'm not I don't even I don't remember what it is yeah I don't the virgin is the virgin I yeah. think that this is a side note but cool little Easter egg unintentional oh. Easter egg I'm pretty sure that's like Shibuya like I think yeah, that's I like think Shibuya sure say, like, Square let's, let's meet at Shibuya Station or Shibuya. Yeah, yeah exactly so that's pretty sweet because. JJK is a huge arc. It's called Shibuya, Shibuya arc, and I just see it all the time in other anime, and it's just it might cool. be in high queue too, to be honest. Maybe, like yeah. I just, I just think it's so. It was, it's so cool that uh, it's actually the actual Shibuya, not a like an animated version, fake version. That's yeah. good. You know, but we also could be dead wrong because uh, that's, <laughs> that's right. my memory for like <laughs> at least, like you said, like a year ago. But so 
like I said, like Paul mentioned, uh, we opened with Adisu, Usagi, Chishio, Fan, Kuina, and Water Rising. They're about to start a game when a bunch of people from Bichu end up pulling up and they're all about to get this game started. They didn't get any rules read, read to them. They're kind of all collaborating and talking when all of a sudden one person just gets absolutely mowed down by like some 50 cal sniper in the distance. One, two, three people are just getting massacred and our squad is just now in a frenzy. They're just running around trying to figure out to get a safe spot. Adisu is still trying to save people, which like kind of blows my mind because we're now in the, the face cards, man. It's like we are we need you around, Adisu. Like we don't need this this time of you saving <laughs> random characters who are gonna die anyway, you know? Like he's a it's just to emphasize his his good nature. Yeah, you've you've seen enough anime to know that he's obviously gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. If I was there bleeding out bullet holes, I hope somebody would help me out. So I actually was just, you know doing to others as he would like to be done on him. I butchered that. Whatever. <laughs> I, I actually, when I first started the first episode, I thought that I clicked the wrong episode. I, did I thought too. that I thought I clicked season one. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because they really throw us right into the action. And this whole episode, more than half of it is like running from gunfire. But like Aki said, it is kind of slow. It's weird. Like it shouldn't be slow because it's like a, a chase the entire time. But yeah, they keep getting se- so Chishia is the first one to get separated from the group. And I think the reason at least the the mangaka or whoever the director just realized that this squad is way too good together. So we need a <laughs> way to just like break up Chishia and Adisu right off the bat because otherwise they're going to solve this game in like two seconds. At least that's how I took it. So yeah. Chishia immediately gets separated while Adisu and Water Rising Kuina Usagi get in a car. They're kind of discussing the new games, just saying that it's unfair that they were just told to start this game and they didn't get any rules and that it's just they describe it as a a literal massacre it's just not even there's no rules or anything it's just people getting mowed down Um, like imagine imagine you make it through the first phase of all the number cards you get here and you're the first person that just gets obliterated like you had no prior signs of it coming like maybe they shouldn't maybe they shouldn't have run underneath the blimp I guess that's the only warning they would have gotten instead of going towards it. They shouldn't have gone towards it, but like, I don't know if it, it, it literally, like they were saying, it felt like a massacre. Like there's no rules. Um, but then you kind of look back at episode one, the first game they go into, they didn't really know any of the rules there. Like random people just yeah. happen to die because they ran through a door. So, um, but yeah. at, it, it's weird though, because at the same time, everybody that made it this far is either really good at the games yeah. Or just lucky that you're abs- you're absolutely right because if you manage to get this far, you probably have some sort of experience and capability to some degree, and then to just be taken out in the flash of just a gunfire is completely unfair. But they are in the car, Adisu especially, trying to determine what how the games these new games are working. He's kind of determined that each card has their own game master, which kind of makes sense, and uh. They kind of hy- hypothesize that if, you know, what happens if we win? Do we leave? And Adisu kind of gets a little giddy thinking at the idea that he has a chance to leave after beating these games, but he has to beat, what is it, 12 games first? And they're all face cards. So, and the, the rules we do find out still apply from the original or the first season of, you know, uh, clubs are team games, uh, hearts are betrayal, spades is. Physical, 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 and then yeah. So they do follow that. So that that was really good. But 
Um, I just this think, is, honestly, the reason why I didn't like episode one is that all of the gunfire and the car chase was very corny and dude. high plot, le- like plot armor stuff. I, which, I, which, yes. Okay. That's how it works sometimes. But it and was it was just, slow because there was so many flashbacks and I get the yeah. purpose of these flashbacks, but it's like, I don't no think one even got hurt. Like, yeah, dude, I, like hurt. I'm thinking the same thing. Like, I know the show isn't realistic because like it's this dystopian murder game. But there's got to be some effort of realism in it, and like the the King of Spades is just shooting left and right. People all around the main crew are dying, yeah, but yeah. they're fine and they never yeah. get hit. And and the first time that he pulls up side by side of the car, like he decides to like you know ram yeah. them versus after one shotting everybody. Yeah, yeah, it was like, bro. I mean, I don't and know, then I just feel like the direction. I mean, again, yeah. obviously it's easy to criticize sitting in my chair in my apartment. It just felt like. <laughs> Like the stakes were high, but they weren't high at all. No, yeah, like the car chase itself. I wasn't worried. Like you weren't yeah. worried. Like if Walter Risen had got been shot right off the bat, like then I'm like, okay, oh, then shit. we have some some yeah. intensity like, here. Like the crash. Like they weren't wearing seatbelts and, and they, they, they all... like flipped the car and they all nobody was out. even cut. There yeah, like, was like was cut on the arm. Yeah, I would have liked to see someone actually like like you know they have to like go back and save someone because they're unconscious still or something at that level and that it's just nothing they, they were running literally into gunfire at certain points yeah and i was like it, come on man she and again, also I, i've never been in a situation so what would the fuck would i do but it felt obvious that they ran straight into the middle of the street while they were still uh, getting shot and i was like what are we doing here yeah run into a building and you're yeah. good instead of just running straight in a straight line away from them. Um, but like the car chase, not to rip on it more, but it's just like the car was t- 20 feet away and the, every single one of his bullets is like hitting the car frame, but n- nobody's actually getting hurt. And he had a perfect the, shot up until that moment. And then he starts. And of course, once they start shooting at the car, then it's all the bullets are getting hit in the car, you know? Like, also, yeah, it, I think the actual car chase, there's one continuous shot and he lets off like 60 rounds. And I'm like, dude, I, I just saw your magazine and it was this yeah. big. Like, <laughs> I literally well, have a note that says, oh, okay, so he just has unlimited bullets and guns. Yeah, he's a cheat code because he's the king of space. So. But, I'm interested to see. I mean, obviously, he's this hooded figure. King implies that he's a guy, but, I mean, they hide his identity. Is there any reason for it? Who can say? But the, honestly, the most interesting part, or I guess maybe the two interesting parts, is just that I like the reminder that Anne is a fucking straight badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, get the fuck out of the driver. She's like, let me get in here. And she's like hitting the clutch and like actually doing shit. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that we lose Chishia, but he has a comment like right in the beginning where it's like, it's, there, it's something about hiding behind the cars. And he says something yeah. like, oh, like as if I'd forget about hiding behind a car or like, oh, they're doing that. So I'd forget about hiding behind a car. I think what he was saying was that gunfire is an anti-tank weapon. So oh. I would forget about hiding behind the cars if I were you because the oh, bullet's okay. going to go right through it. Yeah, I was going straight confirmation bias of because I made the prediction in our season one stuff that Shishia was in on this. Yeah, I was he is like testing himself by letting himself be in the games. And that he's actually, at this point now we know the term citizens. I think that he is a citizen or maybe even a higher level of a hierarchy that we haven't found out about yet in this new world, I guess you could say. I'm sticking with that theory still, but okay. I definitely interpreted that sentence in complete confirmation bias of my own theory. So I appreciate you. (laughs) I actually, uh, he was like running from bullets with his hands in his pockets. And I was like, 
I just uh, that was just like a, a dumb detail that for some reason just annoyed detail. me. It's an anime no, he, I was gonna say the same thing. Alki, he almost never rushes. Like he only like slightly brisk walks. Like you never see him actually trying hard. Yeah, and it's because he's just like supposed to be chill and not worried at all. Which again, Kyle, that could add kind of lean here. Yeah, into... I wanted to talk about that a little bit more just because this is the last time we see Chishia, at least in the first two episodes. So I wanted to bring a little bit more light on if you guys, Paul and Alki specifically, if you guys think Kyle's theory is getting a little bit more credible or is it kind of just is it just a pure coincidence that he got separated it could explain the fact that they didn't get shot like he like if he's a game master and he has like his close minions by him like Like he has like uh like he has uh, an invisible shield type yeah. thing. <laughs> no, you know? they they split though. Like so, when they all get into the car, when Ann pulls True. up, so the grenade comes in and he dips. So that he's True. not even there. The whole car chase. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably most likely what Dave said that taking it from like the actual perspective of writing the story that him and Arisu are probably too OP together. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I number think one it's... thing is having to separate them in some realistic way. So that got achieved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to believe that it is that it is probably that. It would be really cool if he actually was involved in some capacity though. I mean, it'd be a great layer to the whole story. So I'm honest, that's that's how I watch the show now. I assume he's in on it because of all the theory talks we had. Yeah. He definitely has a big bigger role than what he's leading on to to have right now is where I'm at, definitely. He's you know, too the- good. Yeah. At the same time, like he, he had, he makes these like grenades and gave one to Kuina and was like, you know, you know, pop it if you're in a jam or emergency or whatever the fuck. Did um, she ever use that actually? No, no she actually we, left it. We saw it at their base camp. She like has it on the okay. table. That's coming like, back hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, definitely. So like it, I, I don't know. Does he like know that that's going to come in handy in the future because he's in on the games and that's why he's like, yo, his intuition is like. If we're talking like D and D, it must be like twenty. <laughs> it's got to be like so absurd. There's a, there's another in- element I think that like we don't know how long he's been there compared to Arisu and Usagi and stuff, and I think that's a really interesting detail that they're continuously leaving out. It makes things more interesting, especially with the whole visa versus citizen thing now, because if like to go off what you're saying, like because we haven't gotten that back story, like it's very possible he just comes out and is like. I've been here my whole life because I'm a citizen, so I know generally how these games work. Could be. Um, but to keep moving, after a long car chase and Anne getting separated from the group, um, the others find a hiding spot to some random hotel, and they each fan out to find their own supplies. I think Water Rising and Kuina are a group that are going to be looking for a car, whereas Arisu and Usagi are getting food, and this is where my hate for episode one starts to build a little bit with <laughs> Arisu and Usagi are getting chummy in this like little mini-mart. We get I will say, though, really quickly, I love the flashbacks with our boys, like the OG squad. I, I, I'm totally blanking already on their names. Carbe and, and, and Virgin. Those moments really tickled my fancy. And especially when Odyssey is talking about like eating manga and just having some ramen or sorry. <laughs> <laughs> eating manga. Eating some manga. <laughs> yeah. Eating some ramen and ha- and reading some manga. I love I love the uh, like it'll, little intricacies there. But. Usagi sees an article that is presumed to be about her father, uh, of her father attempting suicide. And this is where we get a little bit more into the perspective of, of Usagi, who 
we find out isn't crazy to return back to quote unquote their world. It sounds like she is willing to just put her life at risk every single day to just not go back to the real world, which I hated. I'm just going to start the rant now because I hated it because it felt like we were never alluded to this side of her in season one. Like we got the whole backstory of, you know, the Usagi father, and that really definitely had a huge effect on Usagi and her view on the world, but it never was to the point where I felt like she never wanted to return back to the real world. And we get like 15 minutes of just this whole rehashed backstory of the father. And this is where it lost me for episode one. I just, again, this felt like it came out of nowhere for Usagi and I just wasn't crazy about it. It, It's interesting because when we meet Usagi in season one, she helps Arisu not give up. He teaches Arisu to fight and live on. Um, Tech, I don't think she ever says so we can get back to the real world, but she says like so we can beat this game, like all this other stuff. Um, so it's like all of a sudden, yeah, like why do you want to stay in this world where you're being hunted? And it brings more day? annoyance to me when they're like talking about p- game plans and beating games, and Usagi's like, yeah, let's beat this game. I'm just like, you don't care. You do not actually care at the end of the day if you beat this game or not. See, I, I kind of disagree. I I think she prefers this world. I don't think that means she wants to die, though. I guess because there are people that we do know. Like, yeah, like Hiragi Hiragi. was like totally in to be in this world for the rest of this. I think the Hatter liked it, too, yeah, right? Yeah. So you know given the mean? chance, do you but think like, she would become a citizen? Again, I guess this whole thing just comes to me know. that like that it was just never alluded to in season one. That's my main issue with it, I guess. But like, I get where you're coming from. No, I actually look, I agree with you because it, it is out of left field. Um, she was like Mrs. Survival. You know, mm-hmm. she helped him so much. Um, it's funny. I personally don't think that she wants to die, but they're making it seem like that, at mm-hmm. least in the last couple episodes and like her internal struggles, like when they're like, oh, really, what do you do guys really think? This so isn't the, huh? I think what you were saying, she doesn't want to die necessarily. She just yeah. doesn't want to go back to that old world. I agree, but I I, I still think they're they're making her seem just super like like what's the point she's not like suicide yeah it's yeah not like she's suicide, like what's the point but yeah she just questions i guess where she she's just at. seems to have lo- has have lost her drive a little bit like her inspiration mm-hmm. you know i think i think she'll probably get that the next episode or something but yeah i mean that probably reasonable that at least one character has that i feel like i mean tata water rising we saw as we see in episode two which we'll talk about he has a very weak mental fortitude it seems that is like he obviously gets broken fairly easily by the game but I, I just i don't know i i i guess i'm i'm a little shocked that this was this is such a hated thing that happened i didn't think anything of it i was my, my, honestly my only thought was that it's 100 her dad's coming back and is going to show up so yes. that's, oh, i also was, think that that was my big note here was this begs the question of whether her father is in the world with them or not what and if he's kings of spades just slaughtering people sick. Holy shit. Like, that's his revenge on like the world for turning against him is like he just gets to fucking murder <laughs> everyone. <laughs> so cool. at the end of season one, uh, when we were talking theories, I theorized like people get pulled into the games because uh, they're not like contributing to society. Like mm-hmm. everybody was like they were skipping school. Uh, like I, I don't I don't want to go through everybody, but like even the one chick in season one, she was cheating to she was basically mm-hmm. banging her way up the ladder. So that's 
you know, frowned upon, blah, blah, blah. Mm. The rock band that we meet, who's like the king of clubs, maybe they're like, oh, they're a rock band, do drugs. They're not good for society. So that's where they got pulled into the but game. But they're citizens, um, though. Like, they have a different angle, but I'm a, I'm with your theory. Um, I'm with your theory. Yeah. I wonder if they, like, survive the games, if you become a citizen, if you survive games long enough, or if they just got pulled in randomly. I'm really excited to learn about that. But that being said, yeah, sorry, I got on a tangent there. Yeah. I think uh, Usagi's dad could have been pulled into the games because they're like, dude, all you do is fucking go climb mountains. You're not doing anything <laughs> for society. Like, what are you killing yourself up here? That's not going to help. See, what, um, so as, that'd you be cool. t- as you were talking, though, I'm kind of thinking like, so how old was how many years ago was it? Like, can we imply that he got? sent here was usagi, it like at least 10 because like, usagi was nah, a, a little girl like, no right? usagi, usagi said child? usagi said a little bit before no. i came here it happened so yeah. i think okay. it was only a, a few months wound. i think it's, it's a, a few months for sure i would guess within a year um but paul like to your theory what was usagi doing that was so she was like she was just well, she was she was really she was depressed, depressed. Like, she was just like laying on the ground up. and not doing anything. She was I just mean, like yes. laying on the ground <laughs> so of her apartment. Is, so it was climbing mountains. You're depressed because like, you're dead. <laughs> dead. Fuck you. Go survive yeah. in this game. Look we this gave you three days and you're still lying there. <laughs> Look at this piece of shit climbing mountains. Get him over here. Let's kill him. <laughs> Get him in the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I, I there do could be something like the, that. There's got to be a reason why they're dragged in. Like, it's not. I think I don't want to be random. They were trying to piece it together because. I, there we'll were two there. people. I mean, who was it? Like that was Kuina. Maybe yeah, that might That's be because cool, Kuina and Water Rising are talking, and they are, they're actually having some. Oh, parallel, those two. They're, yeah, they're having somewhat parallel conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he is saying like that's not so honestly, bad. Like yeah, like I miss not miss, but like I won't be so upset like going back to like paying bills and all. Yeah, that he shit. would rather pay bills than obviously have to <laughs> yeah, fight for his life every day. Yeah. yeah. Speaking so, of this fucking scene, he picks. The worst fucking car to protect yourself from gunfire. I was so mad at him. I was just talking about how I'm going to have a new lens to look at him as long as he doesn't do anything stupid. And he the gets convertible. a fucking convertible. <laughs> fucking convertible. I didn't even piece that. I didn't even think about that either. Yeah. Usagi says it immediately when he pulls up. It's like we're exposed. And he's like, oh, it's the only one I could get started. It's yeah, like Queen is like, nah. Yeah, Queen calls him out. I was like, no, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> this is why you're the goddamn goalie in fucking the next game. Yeah, which so, bites him in the ass. Yeah, definitely. So the main thing I guess here that I also got annoyed with was that Arisu tried to be compassionate with Usagi, and then she just completely rejected him. Was like, how can anyone understand my pain? And it's like, I don't know. Maybe ask the guy who just lost two of his best friends like brutally in a game. It's like that so you I, helped I just, to get out of a depressive streak. Yeah. So again, not crazy about this Usagi scene, but I think we've covered it enough. So. I think it's going to be the foundation of this season going forward. Like, there's going to be I a know. moment where they flash back to it, and Usagi's going to be like, you know, I do want to live. I do want to go back with you, or something like that. The Nico Robin, I want yeah, to I was going to say that honestly, but I was um, chanting "kiss" in my living room, and they went the opposite way. But we'll get there. Yeah. Um, also, does Usagi look just absolutely incredible to anyone yes, else? Like, she looks great in season yes. one, but all of a sudden she's like, yeah, bro. Lying. They all aged a little bit or something. Yeah, you, can, yeah. you can see the, the year and a half. Arisu looks yeah. tall. If I'm Arisu looks, you know, who aged like looks bad. Fucking water rising, Tata. He looks old. Like I swear to God, he he gained. Yeah, I didn't recognize him so much age. at first. 
Yeah, bro. Algie thought Algie literally thought like there were new actors because like everyone looks like <laughs> aged up. It probably they probably filmed it like 2019, 2018, I mean, yeah, it's been two maybe. years probably. Since, you know, so it's yeah. been a long time since the first season was filmed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Before we get any farther, I do want to yeah. jump back just to the beginning because there was uh, one or two things that I wanted to bring up. One. Um, I just fucking love Arisu's facial expressions whenever he's running away from gunfire, even like playing the games. Like they're not pretty, but they're like, I guess realistic because you know, he's not worried about what it looks like. He's like running for his life. It's fucking hysterical. Mouth wide open. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks terrified. And speaking of like when he's gaming in the flashback, did you guys see? Yeah. He's like L. Oh, his name was Alice. He named his avatar Alice. That's sick. Yeah, but but the way he was sitting definitely was like it reminded me of L. And I also did see that at the bottom of his screen. I actually said it to Luke and Dave when we watched. I was wondering if um that flat like I feel like that flashback was so unnecessary, but it got me thinking like if Adisu is like an experienced like we'll we'll call it like first person shooter Call of Duty kind of style like gamer, then maybe that kind of game will help him determine what the King of Spades game is eventually. Yeah, it already helped him in the King Spades game because, like, when he was running from the gunfire, he like had the flashback to the game and was kind of like doing the same pass that he was running. Yeah, he seemed uh, to relate it. Do you what do you what do you guys think the connection is there? What con- what's the connection there between the the video game he used to play and the King of Spades games? Like, I think he's just I, trying to think of the mentality. So it's like, what was Adisu's mentality when like you're just going around in COD, just like mowing people down? Like, is there like a strategy to it? Are you running around just doing it blindly? But I. I that's just me like just blind. I took it more of like the contrast between his old life and his current life. Yeah. Like his okay. old life, it was fake and he was in control. And now he's the <laughs> one that's being hunted and running around and it's real <laughs> and awful. Yeah. Um, legitimately terrible. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say was did you guys watch the title sequence at all? Yep. Yes. 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 Now we have the blimps going. And I don't know if at the very end you like see the city. And it's almost like zoned off like a checkered board with like red zones and non-red zones. I don't know if that was literally just trying to say this is a game and like the city is the is the chess board or if that was like zoned off areas or whatever. Nowadays, like with with TV shows, like everything matters. Like even if it's a title yeah. sequence, like you can get some information out of a title sequence for sure. Oh, definitely. definitely. And it's so, I mean, the, the decisions they make are on purpose. They're conscious decisions of what their uh, graphics yeah. they're choosing to put in there. So yeah. I love how they're just throwing down all the face cards of all the suits. It it, it was really well done. Definitely. I liked all the red A's in the names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was cool. looked very sharp. All right. So the four meet back up um after that whole spiel of Usagi being the worst for the time being. And they are tracking the King of Spades using the blimp in the sky. Arisu pitches the idea of hiding from the King of Spades by playing other games since game masters most likely will not interfere with one another because they have to follow, you know, strict rules to prevent essentially the game being ruined for the like the the citizens, I guess if you want to call it like that, but Arisu also thinks that the game masters will be able to provide information on the world that they cur- are currently in and Arisu votes to go to the one that is farthest away, the King of Clubs who he believes will hold a lot of info because they are a king, quote-unquote. And this, like I said earlier, the suits still follow the original rules, so it'll be a team game, and that was another deciding factor for them, is if we can play the game together, then let's just fucking go for it. So that is where they're at right now. And they drive to the game where they are greeted somehow 
by a still alive Naragi who has chosen to join the game uh, with the four of them. It's a five player game. And I, I so we kind of got it spoiled in the I think it was the season two um, trailer that Naragi is still alive, which we had talked about off pot a little bit like it just there. I don't think there was a need for it, really. And especially with where the episode two kind of ends, it just seems like there was no need to bring back Naragi. Like if they needed a fifth player, they could have easily just brought in, I guess, Anne or Chishia. But again, that might have made it too overpowered. But I, I, a new character. I yeah, or a new character. I a new character would have been cool. I mean, wasn't... granted, we have only seen two episodes, so we don't know what actually happens in episode three and like what maybe is the end of his story because he is, as we find out, he's dying. But mm-hmm. I think a new character would have been cool too and in, in that it would have been a similar anchor to him because he's kind of his own guy and does his own thing. Right. But like and having so... a new character that they don't have any teamwork with is mm-hmm. like somewhat like same, same but different, essentially. I'm just I wasn't crazy about it, especially with how he went out last season. Like it should he was burned and shot and he's still Agony yeah. just tackles him into the fire and stuff yeah. like that. So I was like, oh my god, Naragi's alive. Is Agony alive? Because I love that fucking man. I Dude, see that him. would be sick. I would be <laughs> nah, so he got that. he got lit the fuck up. There's yeah, no did. way. But yeah, I was honestly shocked when I saw Naraki was still alive. I was like, bullshit. But at the same time, it's kind of cool to have him around a little bit again, just because they already have existing chemistry. Um, the dynamic but, was uh, a little interesting for this. Yeah, I actually I thought it would have been a cool flair to have this old villain as part of the squad for like the time being until Chushia shows back up or Anne or whatever. Yeah, and he tries but, to rape Usaki again. That was oh, that so, was a little bit. See that I was like, come on now. Especially like, that with, was a little ridiculous. Especially with how we saw him like kind of accepting the team chemistry and was mm-hmm. kind of having signs of potentially there being a redemption arc but nah, then he goes and does that. The, yeah i mean there's then no he redemption up blood and he's like fuck it i'm just gonna continue being a piece of shit so he literally bad. says it so the five of them enter the shipping yard and are greeted immediately by the the boss himself the king the of legend. clubs kiyuma and his goonies uh we have i don't think we should spend too much time on the names honestly but it was shitara uta which shout out to One Piece because Uta is the name of the girl in One Piece and she's a musician. And so I thought that was cool. And then we have Maki and Gokin. And the music that hits here when like his little booty comes out of the screen, I'm just like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, now I'm fucking feeling the Alice in Borderland return. Like all that shit that was happening earlier on was like, it was a little slow. And then where the music kicks in, I'm like, let's get the fuck into episode two. I think they executed his entrance perfectly. I mean, Everybody loves him, even though he's the bad guy. Um, and I could just see the gag panel of the manga in my head when they're like, dude, you're scaring them, put on pants. And he's like, turns around like, what? Why would I do that? Like, we're meant to be bad. Like, close our human construct. Like, I can see that gag panel. Like, oh, I, I, I'm ready. I'm so excited to read this. I haven't because I know we've been waiting to cover season two. But I want to read the manga so badly. Apparently, it's pretty like shot for shot like dead on accurate really to the manga yeah. that was what i wanted to ask yeah i think i think how can i actually even all... read like i think it was in a, uh, a bookstore a couple of weeks ago and they had like the first alice in borderland book and i was kind of just like flipping through it and everything to me was dead mm-hmm. shot for shot almost mm-hmm. so yeah, it's good actually. that they have like legitimate source material to pour, pull from yeah. i read it's the first completed right sorry yeah. paul i read the first couple chapters and like the game's was the the intro game was just way more insane and different um but 
for pretty much it's like the exact same things happen and it's it's pretty tight and i really wanted to keep reading but i can't that's what i was gonna bring up when talking about usagi and us interpreting it as like a like a complete almost 180 of her character of like was that i wonder if that is something that happens in the manga and maybe they didn't hit it hard enough in season one so they had to like okay this is part a big part of her character so we need to get into it or that was something like in the transition between season one and two of like what are we going to do in the future maybe that was something they created i was wondering no the same thing that, no way to answer that question obviously but just something i thought about if it was in the manga it wouldn't bother me if they added it it'd be kind of lame but do you think that i'm also thinking maybe that like the year and a half that we had of not like we i, I hadn't watched alice borderland in literally a year and a half so it's like you could be missing i could be missing some things like it might be a lot i might feel better about it having transitioned from immediately watching the end of season one into season two like it might be different but yeah but there were so many things like with the when the game when they were had to run all the way through the tunnel yeah but that yeah. still kind of flowed uh, off where they picked off that last season. that's that's probably the actual worst episode alice in borderland it's a really cool game, really? but like I the plot really holes. That that I like that How movie. do they fucking drive that bus through all those parked cars? Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. Is... I mean, there were definitely some leg- like logical <laughs> yeah. mishaps. There. That's what ruined it. There it was like a half, jaguar. More than half the time is gone, and Arushu runs back with a motor, pushing a motorcycle in less time, yeah. and has enough time to drive. It's like I don't know. Yeah, well, let's move on. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> so, so this just, game. Well, is let's. Great. Let's wrap up. I want to wrap up episode one um, with the fact that Arisu asks Kiyuma directly, who are you? And we get a very interesting response that we've already alluded to throughout the episode. But Kiyuma literally responds, we are the citizens of this country. And the episode ends, which makes sense that they are citizens because everyone that we've been introduced to so far is on a visa. So Mm -hmm. I don't know why that like it just never really processed to me that they could be. in a different country, but we'll transition this right into episode two because it gets a little bit more in depth. And well, we open us specifically in episode two with Kuma and his Goonies rocking out as a band, honestly jamming out. They're fucking crushing it. Was not expecting the English to be honest, but love that. Um, but we get introduced to a little bit more of the characters, Shitara, like the longer haired guy. And uh, Kuma tells us that he created the game and admits too that it is a brand new experience for them too because they haven't played it together as a team, which maybe I wrote my notes a little too vague, but that sentence caught my eye a little bit because it sounds like they're able to either practice games or they've been in games before and this is their first time competing in games as a team. Uh, so I don't know how I, you guys took it. Yeah, the way I took it is literally this was their first time playing. As citizens, but I don't know. I could be completely wrong. They said, they said, I thought that too, but they specifically said playing this game as a team. I'm pretty sure. But that maybe they were played other games. That's what I'm saying. Is like I, I didn't. I, I wrote it down because I thought it was just an interesting note. That do we think yeah. that they? Do you think based off how we what we've seen in this episode? Do you think they've played games before, or do you think this was legitimately like their first time? Um. So one other thought that I had was maybe they were like all the other players and had to play through the number card games and play through the face card games and the whole band survived and they became citizens. And now like this is the first time as citizens playing a game together. But so great point, Paul, how I'm take what I immediately thought of was I think if you beat the game, quote unquote, the game, 
the the owners or the leaders are going to come up to you and be like, hey, we're going to pitch you an offer. You can either stay here as a citizen or you can go back to your world and I guess like visit on V like maybe not visit because I'm sure a lot of people don't want to visit back again. <laughs> but I was kind of thinking that because there was so much talk, especially with Odyssey of like wondering what's going to happen after the games, it just brought up uh, an idea of mine that thinking that if you beat all the games, maybe you're offered to live here. If you would like as a winner, I think they're yeah. former, I think they're former players. Like they used to be, they, they like, they were on visas and they yeah. all joined together like Chota but they all happen to live together. Yeah, they've survived and then they got far enough. And I think Do you them's... think the band was them in their like the our world or do you think that was them as a band in their citizen country? It's it's before they got to the games. Yeah. I think they made that clear. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's before they got to the games. Somehow they got to the games. I don't think you can just walk in a citizen yeah, unless course, you're yeah. like part of the creating unless group. you're like the son of like the creator yeah, or something. Yeah, like I don't think so. There's no way. That would be too lame mm -hmm. yeah they the definitely earn creator like uh like she is <laughs> yeah she is son i mean they <laughs> definitely earned that spot as citizens that's in my opinion why he said this is our first time playing this game together as mm -hmm. citizens yeah so they're like and also you have to realize this is arisu and groups and co's first time at this level with the face cards right so they've you can kind of wonder but they might have just been literally chilling at that storage container park this whole time oh like while while the other games are going on you yeah. know what i mean so that's why i was thinking like sitting around that's why i was thinking maybe the band was a part of them like being like maybe they formed the band while being citizens and that was them like having their own beach beach type party kind of thing they maybe. played incognito at beach too <laughs> just in masks my question is going to be i thought they said that they just made up the game like didn't they create the game yeah, the long-haired so dude. How could they have both created the game and also played it as non-citizens? That makes no sense. Well, I don't well, know say I don't, I don't think they're creators. They I don't think this specific game is non-citizens. I'm just saying they definitely played games as non-citizens as as v as survivors. Uh, Shatara, I think it was his name, the long-haired dude. Yeah, I think Kiyuma did say that he created it and he had the idea. Yeah, he created and it. And again, this is this literally just might be the first time. They're actually playing against players. Like they might literally have just become citizens, and like this That's is the what, first time defending the town. Some, you'd have to have some experience playing games to be able to create a game. Yeah, I think that I think that this is probably what it is. You're a player like Arisu and Co. Right now, you get enough cards to advance. You get opportunity to become a citizen, and then the the perk of being a citizen is creating a game and depending how good you were maybe that's how good your face value card will be dude what if usagi just like arisu and usagi are here the whole time and they get to the end and usagi's like i'm staying and just ultimate villain and arisu's like all right i'm gonna protect everyone back in the real world and it's just final clash yeah. usagi arisu i definitely think usagi's just like gonna stay if she gets, gets the choice now Obviously, i think as a citizen if in this moment after this game if she was offered to be a citizen she would take it right now but i think by the end of maybe season two she'll have different thoughts but we'll see now 
this is where we can decide if we want to waste a lot of time or a little time. No, Essentially, we don't the game need to, is called yeah. Osmosis. Yeah, and, we don't need to explain the game. Okay, so I'm going to skip literally basically, a half page of notes. <laughs> yeah, like we don't. We all watched the episode. You guys watched yeah. the episode, so you know the rules. Just there's three to ways hit. to get points: battle, item, base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome the way you said all that. Uh, but the big, literally, the only big rules are if you touch the other person's base, you get all those fucking points and if you lose if you run out of points you die yeah if you fall if your points fall below zero you you die and you're shot from the sky from the laser um my question is going to be and this mm -hmm. is not anything about the show but so say it was i guess what there's five people on his team right Mm -hmm. so i guess we'll count luke in this but he's not here to plead his case but how would we distribute the points I think um, I think Adisu was dead on. I think the people who are slower gets less points, and I think the people who are faster are more elusive. <laughs> slower gets more points. Yes, yeah, sorry. Have, yes. I Paul, I see you flashing a list. Did you make a little list? I did. <laughs> I, I paused right now because I was like, uh, I I wonder how I would like play myself and yeah. see if I was like close to a recent strategy. At, and no, I was not at all. Um, the only thing I had, I had goalie at minimum points, a hundred. And I was like, okay, I think everybody was going to have that. Yeah. And I was like, all right, we're going to have like two kings that have like all the points, like 4,500, 4,500, and then two bitches with like 450, 450. I'll be honest, I'm, gonna, I'm taking 4,500. That's essentially what he did, though. Yeah, yeah. That's what he did. <laughs> but I didn't have them running in pairs. I didn't okay, have them. Okay, that's fair. Okay. That's, the only that's thing I said, I just said that I would I would get the most points if we played. Mm, I think it's going to go to me. I'm sorry. How, how <laughs> would we, uh, would we win? I think we'd win. Yeah. Okay, nice. I, and honestly, I would, my original thought about how they would play was that they would give Usagi the most points. Yeah. I thought yeah. that's what he was going to decide. So but then when they explained it, battle. I was like, ah, this guy's smart. Yeah. I don't. So what was the point of giving the fastest runners the fewest points? Because they would be less likely to get caught and yes, tagged. They wouldn't get touched. And if they were to get touched, like, yeah. They can now run. Yeah. They can See, outrun. in my head, I'm like, all right, give the fastest runners the most points because they're going to be the ones hunting people down. It's either a defensive mindset or an offensive mindset. Yeah. If you want to. And you know me, I'm all about the offense. <laughs> That's true. Best defense is good offense, man. Oh, sorry. One other rule that. I wanted to bring up that I knew right away. They like skipped over it while they were giving the whole intro. When he says you're inactive, but you still touch somebody and there's an electric shock. I was oh. like, that's you're like, that is so broken that you can walk around with no penalty. Like if you're inactive. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, that's immediately going into every strategy I have. Like and lose he, a battle. You're just fucking running around looking for totally shocked about how strong it was. He said it would knock you out for the game. Oh yes. yeah, that was so ridiculous. Which, that one hundred percent went into my strategy too, and I'll get more into it when we get to a certain point in the game. But I, I was like, I'm smarter than Arisa. I, I, yeah. I could have checkmated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked how like before we start, and I guess what Arisa tries to ask him a question, and it's kind of like on the concept of what's the real world and what's not, and he just has like a really good, interesting like. I, I wrote some of it. it. I yeah, wrote some of it down. Yeah, he says the lines. He says your world what is your world the way you're making it sound like your world must be the real one that was like the first couple sentences but those were like emphasize what mostly he was trying to bring home and he was just saying like yeah pretty much like what determines you being the real world and then that had me thinking i was thinking maybe Odyssey was 
created in a world of AI, like free guy, kind of like free guys. <laughs> and they're all like, cause we've never seen Odyssey as a child necessarily. Like he just does his daily routine. And then all of a sudden they're just plucked from their AI world into what would be the real world to fight people who are just fucked up in the head who just want to go around killing people like purgers kind that of that would be insane. so that's that's how i like i came up with that theory and i was like there's just no way our main character is just like a robot so <laughs> but um so yeah we like kyle had mentioned we get a early showdown between adisu and kiuma um kiuma obviously baits adisu into kind of battling him solo which kind of lets both of the players get a feel for what the other person is like and we find out immediately that Kiuma actually had evenly distributed all of the points between his team members because he views them all as equals, which I thought was just a really nice twist because I was really waiting. I was like, oh, his number is going to be like 999 like or mm-hmm. 9,900. And I was really waiting for it. And then he split it. And I was like, damn, like this guy's pretty interesting. So and after that, like after that little battle, when things are looking really good early on, which obviously means things are going to go south for our team quickly. Like they're racking up points. They want a couple battles. They find a couple items. And so the teams have to regroup after uh, the other team is inactive, things like that. And we get a quick showing here of Naragi coughing up blood and Kiuma's team thinks up of a plan. Now, did you guys guess what that plan was going to be? Like, did you just assume yeah. right away that they were all just going to charge? I feel like that was so obvious. Like, even at the beginning of the game, I'm like, why would you not just charge? Obviously, someone's going to die, but yeah. And I also knew because right before that, when our team, I'm going to call them our team, when they come back after their successful hunting missions, if you will, mm-hmm. and like Water Rising just kind of drifts off of the base and like runs towards them. Dude. And I was like, brother, what are you, you have doing? One man? job. Yeah. It's going to be a like, test. They just wait five minutes for them to walk back to you. Like they all have to come back to the base. Like that's just just it, that right there was just like okay, this is obviously just a little bit of a premonition for bad things to come with this guy. Yeah. Before they walked into the game, uh, Water Rising looks at Naragi and he's like, "Hey, don't slow us down." And Naragi looks at him and he's like, "I'm pretty sure you're the slow one." And I was everybody that was watching was like, "Fuck yeah, you know Water Rising's gonna ruin this." Naragi's me. only one piece of truth. All. Ever. <laughs> I don't mean I I don't like water rising as much as the next guy, but the their strategy for getting into our base, we'll call it like Kyle said. I mean that would have beaten anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. but it would have been I, an easy. Yeah, he at just least 10, randomly 000. picks who he wants to kill. I would have yeah. picked the naked guy. Oh, I was so, thinking of like just holding I'm one arm. Dom, on the- bro, I'm going after that. I'm going. You're going after. after Dick. Oh hell yeah! Okay, He's so grabbing. I definitely <laughs> was thinking that too. That Kyle would grab Dick. No, I was definitely thinking, <laughs> thinking that too. That I was like, all right, why didn't Tata go and pick Yuma? But Tata has a line early on. He's like, Yo, did anybody like else think that Kiuma was like really nice? So mm. I think like subconsciously he was like, I don't want to kill this guy. Maybe I'll just kill this guy. I will Which, say if he, I was if I was uh, Tata, I would have run around and then grabbed the pole sideways and and swung around it like a yeah, Beyblade. I was thinking of like, oh, like a one arm yeah. and then like using my leg and arm at least for like two 
contact points and then getting I at least two. I was thinking that, Paul. Like, you could run around like how you're little and you run around the pole. <laughs> like, you could have <laughs> yeah. done that at least, but he's, you know, he has no... He probably would have missed then, like, everybody. But I was going to say then... <laughs> like, they one all would have got it. I was going to say, if he's spinning around, though, like one person, they just have to, like, make a little hesitation move and, like, Tata's not going to see it if he's spinning in circles just trying to touch anything. Did what? feet count? Does anyone ever get touched by, like, Defeat I think that know, your think, skin has to probably. Touch I think if you bump shoulders, if you, uh, my foot were to touch like their foot, like I think that counts as a battle. Yeah, because I feel Maybe like you gotta, right. you gotta try to use as many limbs as possible. You, you know what I was? Those I, bitches around. I was thinking during the during when I was watching, I was like, they could definitely. I know there's not a lot of options. I mean, they're in the storage compound, whatever the hell you want to call it, but they could have got weapons. That could have helped. It did say no weapons. There yeah, was a sign oh, that said no, weapons, said no weapons. Oh, I'm stupid. I feel like that's <laughs> that's a lot of the games, honestly, though, right? Like even last season, I feel like I'm remembering when games started, like they just said no weapons. Yeah, there's always a bunch of stipulations. Um, but anyway, but, yeah. Sorry, I was gonna bring us back on track unless you wanted to say something, Paul. Um, no, I I was just gonna say my strategy for like find a box and then just run, jump on the box, and jump over the goalie. And just like Mario at the end of the level, just hug really high up on the pole and be like infinite points. I guess, yeah, you could have Usagi. Another person. Yeah, I was literally thinking of like the alley-oop basketball move where a person gets down on all fours and you jump off their back. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Just, just, yeah, I like I, the Mario is there's the, literally the perfect imagery. That's exactly what you want to do with it. Yeah, Hugging the top of the pole. Real, to- like, real high up on test deflection magician. So... My strategy at this point, right? Because the one guy sacrifices himself, which I didn't see coming. I didn't think they were going to rush the goalie because I didn't think they were going to fucking kill one of their own. I was like, that's wild. They they knew the terms of the game better. So I, I was kind of expecting it. Like they set the game up like they knew what they were getting into. Um, but at this point, I was thinking, all right, four to five. You guys have an extra player that's huge. I was thinking, all right, you lose battle. You become inactive. You have four people become inactive. You walk around, find somebody on the other team, touch them. You're both out for the game because that's how we originally described it. It was like the shock would be enough to knock you out. Mm-hmm. The four people do that, and then you have one guy just running back and forth between the base, just getting 10,000 points nonstop. And I was like, easy W, check me. But it doesn't work out like that mm-hmm. because the shocks really just t- – it's like a taser for like a half a second, apparently. Yeah, yeah I was disappointed in that. All right, let it, let me get us back on track here. Um, we get a quick. What pissed me off most about Water Rising, I guess, here is that how casual he was, just sitting around the base before all four of them show up, before uh, the King of Clubs and everyone shows up. He's just sitting there, like acting like he's just like cheering for the squad. I'm like, you are so useless. And then, like Paul said, uh, the four members of the the band charge all at once. Three of them touch the base while one is sacrificed. And this was a pretty emotional scene. I did not expect this level. Like, I just kind of thought they were going to blow over it really quickly. But we do get the the classic anime backstory of of every character we could possibly get to know. And so, um, Kiyuma is clearly hurt. Like, he just lost his best friend. And this was clearly a very emotional scene scene between all of his band members, um, especially when they reconvene at the base and they're all kind of just quietly ta- like just thinking. I guess just knowing that they're they're not the the band that they once were. And then we get the other side of it where Arisu says that they need to start focusing on the items. Dude, the items was crazy because how the fuck did they find all of them in yeah. two hours? 
Yeah, that place was huge. Yeah, it was kind of, and it, the, they didn't really like explain the point system of the items either. Like they did, they like were, the points were like random, or were they all no. specifically they, they signs? Yeah. Well, they, there was like always going to be one three thousand point one one. Yeah. I think five hundred mm-hmm. or fifteen. They, it, they that, said there yeah. was like a certain number of items or whatever. But and my s- question is, did they know where they were because they set the game up like Kiyuma's team? Because they no. at one point they just started rattling off all the items like back to back to back, and I was like, "Did you guys fucking set this up?" Because like that's not fair. They said they were random at the beginning, but you're right. They did get a quick stretch of like three or four items in a row. But um, now that Kiyuma's team had that thirty point swing, they are now individually pretty much. I think we're led to assume that no matter what, even if they were to evenly split their points, each one of them would be stronger than Adi- any individual team member on Adisu. So Adisu, you know, needs to think of something quickly, but he is looking for more items when he does meet the King of Clubs again, who pretty much explains what it means to have lost his best friend. And the whole time I'm just thinking, relax, my guy. Adisu has lost some buddies too. And so you're just preaching to the choir here, here. But he does manage to steal the fifth item. And there and so to sum it up, Adisu's team is now down by twelve thousand points, and there's only one item left. But of course, when it's crunch time, who are you going to go to? You're going to go to Adisu to come up with a plan. That's exactly what he does. All of Jordan game six. Yeah. And so all of we'll call him team citizen are defending game seven. Dude, they're about to die. True. It is game seven. (laughs) game. Everything's on the line. (laughs) But all of the citizens, now that they have a comfortable lead, of course, what their plan is, is to just defend the base because that's the only way Adisu's team really has a chance of beating them at this point. Um, and so Usagi uh, manages to pull Gokin aside from the base. They have a 1v1 running away battle, which was like totally lame. Like Usagi like makes this like anticlimactic jump to another shipment container and then fucking Gokin just jumps and like kills himself. Like, <laughs> like he just completely was... whiffed and I was just like, he better not be fucking dead. Like that's just how he died. Dead. He's not that dead. part. I thought the chase was kind of cool. Like they're both master climbers. It was yeah. pretty cool. I, I loved his run. Like his his face and his run was just like so intense. Yeah. It felt like like an attack on Titan kind of like run. You yeah. Know? He was crazy and he was uh-huh. screaming the whole time. Um, like and he, he has like a line where he's like, it doesn't matter. We're going to win anyway. Like, I'm just going to fucking chase this girl down. And so, so he's obviously the wild card. Of so the now band. it becomes a 3v3 at the base since um, Water Rising's at their base defending it. So they all charge in and Queena manages to pull uh, one of the band members off the base using just like it was the one that she had fought earlier. They were having a pretty it was a pretty cool little quick fight that they got into right there that got uh, the band members hand off the base. Adisu gets caught by Kiyuma, but obviously we knew immediately he wasn't going to die because he was actually out of commission. He had never reset um, himself to be an active player by touching the base in between those breaks. So now Kiyuma is completely is out of commission just for the time being, not out of the game like they had told us at the beginning of the game. He's just knocked down for the time being. And so now it becomes down to Niragi and Uta. Who Niragi? pretty smart spits a shitload of blood into Uta's face and managed was, to touch the base to get them within 2000 points now. Absolutely. So good. So yeah, good. I was like, all right, Naragi, you're showing a little bit of worth. And at this point too, like he was, he was like smiling with the group. He was like hyped to, to hear Adisu's plan. I was like getting some vibes. I was like, all right, Naragi coming in clutch. But 
So, and the smarter parts of this is now Naragi, after having touched the base, has become inactive and just genius thinking by Adisu to just have Naragi, after touching the base, to just immediately go to Maki, the other, pretty much the other guy, which is genius. So now it's one on none with Kawina just staring at the base and she fucking hesitates for Chokes. whatever reason. Yeah, she completely choked at that moment. She gets kicked, losing a battle, and now the this the gap between them is now 3000 and i was upset man i really thought they had it in that moment like i was thinking like and just in terms of the episode i was like all right we're winding down to episode two like this has got to be like the final showdown for this game like if we have all these other games to get to like to me i thought this was just going to work so i actually was like pleasantly surprised in a way to see that the plan didn't work and so just to get us to the end of the episode before we just open up these notes the team heads back to base willing to give up except for for whatever reason suicidal usagi who is just like bent on you know finding the last item which makes no sense to me but whatever we'll skip that fuck usagi i've already made that clear damn bro that's a fairly intense <laughs> uh fairly intense reaction to what happened yeah, i honestly might be clutch that you found it, it because just, it put him within 500 no right? okay totally so clutch. that no it was clutch i'm just saying like it just her conflicting mindset of like wanting to play games and not wanting to go home is it just bothers me no, I, um, there's again there's a difference between her wanting to die and her not wanting to go back to the world that they left but i think dave's hung up on before when they were making the plan to go to whatever remember they decided to go to king of clubs right mm-hmm. and she was and like, she was like let's vote on it or whatever somebody said let's vote on it and she was like, well, I guess it's majority vote, right? Like, that's yeah, it. She didn't want to fucking. Yeah, play. she didn't seem like she wanted to go. So and now she wants that's to play. where Dave's yeah. coming from, I think. That's my complaint. We'll yeah, skip but again, over. I mean, again, now that they're playing, she doesn't want to die. It's just conflicting. It's like they should have just not had that scene. And this would all be fine for me. But like Kyle said, she finds the last item uh, for 500 or for 2000, which now puts them within 500 points. So just one battle away from being the winners. And then this is what we were talking to earlier, where Naragi's kind of wandering off as the whole team is deflated. They think they've lost um, even with Usagi's shining hope of finding the last item. Naragi's wandering off coughing up blood, realizing that his time is up and then decides to be a rapist again and try and fuck Usagi. And <laughs> yeah, fuck this guy. I mean, we don't know what happens. It, uh, pretty much all that's left is there's eight minutes left and water rising is sweating. That's that's the episode. So we do hear <laughs> we do hear uh, Usagi call out for Arisu. So where do you she guys knows where fucking bread's buttered at the end of the day? Where when push you... comes to shove, back against the wall, about to die. She's obviously going back to Adisu. She's where him they... in the fucking convenience store. But how do you on. think it's going to end for like uh, I guess like Usagi and Naragi there? Like, do you think Adisu is going to be the one to save him, or do you think Adisu is going to head directly to the base? Like, how do you picture things going? Her. He had Adisu. I would say has no idea what's happening there. He so then, what saves set. Usagi then in this in this next episode? I think them winning. They're going to win because Water Rising is going to pull his bootstraps up and actually touch the base. Yes, that's water exactly rising. what I was about to say. Yeah, water Rising are going to win and then it all. Yeah. They have, the other team has already said, like, we're just going to chill here and protect this base for the rest of the game. So there's no chance he can win. So why defend your own base? So Water Rising with 100, oh, he doesn't even have 100 points. He has like a there's bunch. 300, 300, 40. He has more because he won that. He took all the points from the one dude, right? Yeah, is that how Daddy that works? Killed. 
so he no, gets, he only gained five hundred. You only gain and lose five hundred. No, I no, think. he he gained. Actually, you're right, Paul. He gained ten thousand there because the risk thing, like, will go up. But because he killed someone, like when he was touching the base, he was up. So they oh, that's different. You're he, right. They Infinite got points. three thousand, thirty thousand points, and then they got ten thousand because he yes. killed someone. Um, I um, but yeah, okay, sorry, Dave. No, you're good. No, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I was actually really thinking that tata that water rising was going to die and that that we're gonna have niragi come into the group mm-hmm. and be the guy the end game guy but it looks like now with him actually dying with whatever he's coughing up like i don't think tata's gonna die i think he's gonna actually have like a big moment mm-hmm. that'll quote unquote redeem him for the group but i think you know, it could also, that's fine it could easily be that he puts himself on the line and like takes the hit to die. But then Niragi steps in and like allowing, no, I mean, allowing someone else as in probably Arisu to actually touch the base. And then Arisu is going to be standing there. Eye contact with Tata of like, holy shit, you just did that. You're about to die. Like all this, you know, that moment. And then Niragi can just fuck off and die on his own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just don't see it likely that both Niragi and Tata will die. I want want new characters. I want new blood. But yeah, then (laughs) then on the other, on the contrary, like Niragi's last year's guys that like that thing is over. He should be dead already. He's one punch to the gut away from healing over and dying. So I don't know. Usagi might even fight a way out of it, but I don't know. She did get her head slammed on the pavement. Yeah, that was fucking brutal. That was rough. She she might be out of commission, but I, I mean, I'm putting it out there that it is not off the table that they do the human stool and jump over the goalie like Mario. I'm saying it could the definitely fucking happen. Stool. I can get down that. That's if it happens, gross. If I'm, shit, I'm blowing up the chat. I'm blowing up the chat. The human stool. I just imagine a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hanky. That's one way to do it. You just whip out a fat poop in front of them. And they're just like, ew, dude, what the fuck? And you just touch the base. Honestly, Dave, that's Start not a terrible it. idea. That's, that's the that's the really actual good. human stool. Yeah, the human stool. You just I mean, slinging shit at them. Naragi used his blood from his mouth. Yeah. If he was yeah. smart, hey, he no weapon. Play a dookie. Yeah, poop is not a weapon. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> shit, I'm gonna be sad when if well probably when uh, Kiyuma? Kiyuma Kiyuma yeah Kiyuma dies. Yeah. I mean, I, he's gotta if, die I mean, maybe there's some citizen thing where if he gets like beamed up into the blimp or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but like it seems like. He might not be around for long, but I, Paul, you were saying you could see the gag panel. I could see the panel of him like butt naked at the start of the game when he's like on top of the containers with his arms outstretched. Like I could see that in black and white, like ink on a page. Yeah, just howling. 100%. It's like like when Payne's over the the Hidden Leaf Village. Yo, speaking of beams, sorry, Paul, you first than me. uh, I just love the camera shots of like them holding up their hands and it's perfectly just covering Kuma's junk uh-huh. or like like it's just always something right there the camera Cows. angle goes so below his belly button it's like dude if if the cameraman accidentally like sneezes and it goes down just a little bit we're getting full frontal <laughs> uh, but it it was great it's not a live stream ball <laughs> And the, and the editor misses it. Yeah, that would be crazy. It made out of production, it's just his cock. Yeah. Um, I was gonna. Kyle said beam, like B E A M. I think that it was pretty cool that when um, Tata, when Water Rising killed the one guy on the um the citizen team, 
um, they showed they panned up to the sky and showed the laser come like out of the sky into into the guy. That was the first time we ever saw that point of view, that angle of that happening. And I just thought that was interesting because it's like, where are they and how is that happening? You know, it just brought up that that baseline question that have we've been asking ourselves since episode one. So yeah uh... i think we talked about that a little bit last season at the end like is it satellites or are they actually in like a dome like a big building and this is like not the actual city it's like a replica like we really don't know yeah i mean like are people watching them like people could be watching them you know we don't even know how far well we already know people were watching them the the game masters they're all dead though yeah but it could be even further than that it could be like an actual audience but then but now i'm thinking of squid game yeah they're very similar i hope it, I hope it doesn't point. go that way yeah i hope so i would, I would almost prefer it to be like like what we think of the real world isn't actually the real world and there's like levels of like consciousness mm-hmm. and robotics i just I would, don't I think it's that. that deep i don't think the anime is that deep. Oh, yeah. i'm just saying i would prefer that over like the squid game stuff yeah it's that's possible. how i feel right I mean, now Attack but on also Titan made me I'm very realize that anything is open so. The uh, we hate Tata so much, but if he was just like a guy in black and white panels, like we probably wouldn't. I mean, realistically, feel, he's like the type of know. character that he is. Is like in every anime or manga, there is. Well, he's that guy. just. And I mean, also realistically, us. yeah, I was literally just going to say that kind of was realistically like if we're participating in these games, like that is us. Like we I talk- don't think I'd be like, well, he's nice. Fuck that shit. I probably would. I probably just in like, general, like he's afraid of things. He says the obvious shit that we are all seeing. Like he's both like a combo of the audience and like the average Joe. True. All right. Like God, there's no way I'm in that shit. Like I'm fucking Arisu or Chisia. Like I'm fucking figuring everything out and doing the damn thing. I mean, maybe after like you know multiple, multiple, multiple games with some experience, though you change. Alrighty, everyone, that is going to be it. There are going to be two questions I want to ask you guys here uh, just really quickly before we wrap this up. Um, my first question is going to be, what do we now? Bang we, and kill. Okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say, BKM, we haven't done one in a while, but I was thinking uh, more along the lines of just general thoughts of what you think this world is. Like, do you think, uh, like, if how do you want to put it? Like, do you think that the game world is the real world? Do you think uh, what we knew to be the real world was not the real world? Like, where where do you think we are with the world? Like, now that we have a little bit more information, do you think they were teleported to a completely different universe? Like, does anyone have any like outstanding guesses that they want to put on the page? Because we might get an answer potentially at the end of the season. I don't know, honestly. I, I don't think they gave us enough. The to... citizens and visas does pose make it very interesting. But it's just again, like they have an exact replica of Japan. Like, how the fuck did they do that? Yeah, and it's. Uh, I feel like episode three is going to be the real because we we need. I mean, we don't need. I don't want human, human to die. die. Yeah. But like that seems like it'll be the the time where we get like enough info bit. to maybe make a prediction. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope. Yeah, maybe. Like, are they physically there or not? It seems like yes. they're physically there. Well, that was goes back into season one with the. The, the chick with the two torpedoes on her chest who I can't remember her name who <laughs> dies in uh, with Karibe and everybody yeah. like she was like oh yeah the company I used to work for was like huge technology company about virtual reality mm-hmm. and they were like oh well virtual reality like can't simulate pain this well so you know there is the option still out there that maybe they are actually in a virtual reality but 
Is that going to be your guess, Paul? You would, if you had to make a prediction right now, if you're in a game and the game was guess what the fucking world is, what I is think your they, I think they got fucking sucked out of the real world and actually thrown into a replica of Japan, like a replica um, game world, maybe. Yeah, I I don't know. My other guess would be like they got pulled into the future. And this is like Japan because of all the, how the animals kind of took over the outskirts. They kind of talked about that in season one, like mm-hmm. nature kind of flooded in with the trees and plants and shit. So maybe it was in the future, but I'm going to go with point. it's a replica. That's a good point too, with the animals. Like, did we ever get full clarity on like where the animals transported here? Or did the, like, they have like stockpiles of animals? Like, no, we never got it. We got Usagi hunting though, like hunting that boar or whatever. Yes. So it's, it's like natural animals out there. I just think it adds to the fact it adds to the idea that we don't know. They're, that world, the Alice in Borderland world, has been in existence long enough for vegetation and and wildlife to overtake parts of former civilization. Are you, you know? thinking? Re- so, are you in a are you replica, or do you think this is still the like our world and like? I think I'm it's. Team- I'm gonna stick with the class. Like it's based on Alice in Wonderland, right? She falls in a hole that's like an yeah. alternate dimension, and I think it's that. I think it's different. I actually want to go back from the it's in the future because one, all the technology, like Kyle said, the electricity, all the technology is still the same. It's not advanced. All the cars, it's not like newer, insane models that we've never seen. And the news all articles the f- are. I was going to say, yeah. uh, Usagi's dad, like she saw that news article. How is that in there along with the food that. Arisu was looking at to get the flashbacks like that was like current day food then too mm-hmm. so I, I i'm gonna say it's not in the future now but it's you like i think it's a replica but it's probably a replica then yeah All right, kyle you're i'm going with simulation theory i think simulation. they're hooked up to some shit Okay, and then my last too casual. I think he knows that it's all like it's all game fake. Yeah. So you, but so you think to go off that simulation, you think though, if they die in the simulation, they die in real life. Like you don't think there's a chance anyone comes back, right? Yeah. Okay. If you poop in your dreams, you poop poop for real. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um. All right. Last questions will be since we have a new season started. Um. Character stock. Who is up and who is down? So obviously, for me, I would say Usagi is stock down, and then I would say Kiuma is hot riser, just plummet, uh, uh, topping the charts for me. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like sell, sell, sell all stock in Kiuma because yeah. Yeah. Either he dies and Arisu lives or vice versa. So um, I would agree. Usagi's going down in my book a little bit, even though she looks fine as hell this season. <laughs> She's glowing, dude, on screen. It's unbelievable. I but agree. Like, her attitude with <laughs> Arisu, like, I don't know that whole relationship switch is just it's so weird now. I don't like it. Any stock um, up? Water rising stock up, Paul? No, he's he's still down. He's still down. He's if he sacrifices himself, then yes, stock yes. goes up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Aristo. I mean, I think his stock is just going up because he just I like we said, I think he aged up and he looks more like a boss like mm-hmm. than ever before. He's seen um, some shit nowadays. He's been around the block. He is arguably the the most prepped person in this whole entire game, probably. So he is yeah. always gonna be stock up. I want to say and stock up and then Usagi's dad 
stock up because stock we got another up for leave some fucking characters for the rest of us. Uh, no, I'm gonna take the whole squad. <laughs> uh, but uh, the only way I say Usagi's dad is because they referenced him again, and the more they reference him, the more likely he'll play a part later on. Yeah, I think that Anne is hot. Okay, She's so I'm just gonna put Anne as I'll just put Anne as hot for Alkies and then Kyle. Oh, stock up, stock down. <laughs> She's hot, dude. Oh um, okay. yeah. you're you're Ari or you're Chota in Arisu's flashback when they're eating ramen and he's looking at the models in the manga instead of actually reading the mangas. Yeah, that's that. you. <laughs> you got the virgin, dude. I'll Whoa. say, yeah, I mean, Anne, I think does have a stock up in the sense that or how about this we'll say i'll say that arisu and Anne are buys in the sense that i want to see Anne's solo journey and what happens with that i hope we get like like a b plot type of thing where we actually get to see scenes of her and not like we meet up with her again and she just like shows up to save the day in some sense i kind of want to like experience solitude with her in that way Probably similar with Chishi a little bit. And then Arisu, because episode three and potentially episode four, which we'll cover in, I guess, the next episode, we'll do a combo of three and four. It's going to, we're going to get new information for him. And it's going to be, I think, a big episode. Episode three specifically is probably going to be a really big episode for him. Awesome. Any, so I'll, uh, I'll sell all of my Kuma shares to then invest into Arisu shares. Fair enough. I think that's a pretty smart decision. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to going. do my stock up and down. Okay. You um, tried. You gave you the floor. And all you said was Anne's hot. <laughs> no, I just interjected. I think um, that Anne's stock is up. I'll be quick. <laughs> Anne's stock is up. Arisu's stock is continuously up. Um, and Kuina. I just feel like Kuina is like a really good team player. She gets it done. She's very she did useful. choke, though. She did choke. <laughs> yeah, but. That's just, you know, it's just like you got to sub her out for a sec, get her in the second half to start. <laughs> you know I, I mean? like she'll have a stronger second half performance. Yeah, yeah for sure. I could see uh, that. We talked about this last season. Do you guys think Mira is going to be the Queen of Hearts now that we have a uh, solid, a like, actual we know there is going to be a Queen of Hearts? Yes. I'm actually going to say no. I don't think she'll be the Queen of Hearts, but she'll definitely, obviously, she has a very huge role in all of this, but I, I'm i going to yeah. put it on the board that she is not the Queen of Hearts. She could be the King of Hearts. Fucking higher level. Twist, yeah. That would be a little twist for sure. Alki, what do you think? You think she's the King Queen of Hearts or King of Hearts? Actually, you actually mentioned, you. I wanted to say this earlier, but um, you said, oh, they're King of Spades. Obviously, we know it's a guy. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say, we don't necessarily know it's a guy. Like, just because it's I think it's difficulty level and yeah. I think that she could be anything, but I think that she's probably queen of hearts. That's what I th- I think. That'd be Fuck, cool. Dude, that, would, might... that would be a great showdown. Just like the final game they choose is the queen of hearts. And it's like full circle back to her kind of thing. Fucking Mira might be king of spades. The way she's just mowing down everybody. God I take man. it back that um, the face cards might be correlation with, um, level of difficulty because i think it's likely that she is the queen of hearts and then she'll be the final boss well only uh only more answers to be had coming up with these next few episodes that's going to be it for our coverage of alice in borderland season two episodes one and two we will be covering episodes three and four five and six seven eight and i think it ends at eight so be on the lookout for those 
We're also covering uh, the shows 1899 and Arcane, both highly recommended shows from the the Binge Town um, citizens. We would ah. definitely highly recommend you check out those podcast episodes. They, those are very incredible shows. Feel free to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Patreon, all at Bingetown TV. Anything else, guys? Any final thoughts? Yeah. Watch Chainsaw Man. All right, for, <laughs> for the yeah for the anime watchers, go watch Chainsaw Man. Alki is Alki and Paul have been highly recommending it to us. We are probably not going to cover it on the podcast, but yeah. maybe we'll slip some conversations in here and there. That's going to be it for us at Bingetown TV. And read One Piece. Go read and One read Piece. One Piece. And thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks, PD. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.